This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with the songwriting recording artist team of Kevin Pay and Joel McCosland, known throughout the world as Afterglow. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each and every single week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. In this episode, my dear friends and fellow musicians, Kevin Pay and Joel McCausland, known for their warm harmonies and heartfelt emotion as the superstar performing duo Afterglow, recording artists with 17 albums, five of which were recorded in England with the London Philharmonic Orchestra, share their lives that began as friends way back in junior high school, and their climb to the top of their profession spanning a 40-year career, giving us an inside glimpse into the minds and hearts of these unique songwriters focused exclusively on creating life-changing songs about serving others, dealing with loss, experiencing joy, finding our way through life's trials, produced to celebrate God's love for all of his children. Welcome to the program, Joel, and my dearest friend, Kevin Pay. How y'all doing? <laughs> doing great, Dan. That was quite an introduction. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Well, you know, it took me like an hour to edit your 16-page bio that I was trying to read. And uh, trust me, you guys both look so good for being about 144 years of age. So this is such an honor to have you on my program. What a privilege. We appreciate this so much. Okay, let's get right to the questions that everybody wants the answers to. The first P, passion. When and how did you first identify your passion? Joel, start. Yeah, you know, um, I grew up in a musical family. I think Kevin did too. And my my mom was uh, she was a single parent actually for about ten years with six kids, and and a lot of times that made life challenging for her. I know, and uh, I think she used music as a way to sort of keep us all together, to keep us focused on good things. So I would sing and perform with my brothers and sisters, and uh, and I think I kind of caught that bug early on. And uh, when Kevin and I got a chance a little later, when we got into our teens, to do some things together, it was uh, a pretty natural progression. How about you, Kevin? Weigh in on passion. How did you discover this amazing ability to communicate with the world through music? I had no real desire to do that in my teenage years. I just decided I wanted to play ball. That was about all I wanted to do. And uh, Joel was uh, preparing for an assembly and at high school, Pleasant Grove High School, and I'd finished baseball practice and had come strolling in and heard the piano playing, and one thing led to another, and uh, in my baseball fatigues, I uh, sat down next to him and threw a little harmony while he was getting ready for the assembly, and eventually uh, he invited me to come up and sing with him on that assembly, and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, excitement for from other athletes about having an athlete on stage in that particular environment, but uh, went through it anyway. And one thing led to another. And even though we were, I was mocked and scorned for <laughs> a little bit. We pushed through, and uh, it was quite entertaining to watch uh, some of those athletes eventually come around to 
choir the senior year, and off we went and decided that it was time to break through and and expand uh, you know, a little bit of the horizon, and Joel was quite the anchor to be able to help me see that. Well, listeners, you need to know that Kevin Pay was more than an all-star baseball player. He had over a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, and he was highly touted as, as, a, as, a, as a young superstar with a huge career that would eventually land him in the major league uh, arena. Uh, and having that as a backdrop, who inspired you to prepare in your life, Kevin, and you as well, Joel? Who inspired you to prepare enough to realize that your passion could become a reality, both in sports and in music? I think for me... Kevin speaking, I, I, you know, I grew up in a, uh, with two sisters who were a little older than I was, and I was able to watch their dedication to what they did. Uh, I had a father who was present and a mother who was present and uh, were very supportive in all areas of my particular life and uh, watched the, the diligence of my father work as a utility worker for, your, for a power company and climb poles. And uh, if you've ever hooked on your hooks before and climbed up to uh, 30, 40 feet on the top of a power pole, I watched my dad do that for years and years and years and years with great skill. And his dedication to his craft and his industry in my particular environment uh, put me on a little bit of a path to be able to stay focused on whatever it was to be able to do that uh, would, uh, you know, would would create some benefit. My mother was the same way. She was very skilled in her financial uh, situations and still is today. She lives, and my father has passed 10 years ago, but his legacy still remains on in our family, and so I'm grateful for his discipline associated with what he was able to provide. And so grateful for Joel and his expertise in that discipline as well with music that kind of took me that same direction to be able to follow along with him and and continue to to uh, to enjoy the benefits of of the variety of life and the variety of opportunities that come our way if we simply will put our minds to it. I love it, Joel. Let me interrupt for a second. In honor of your single mom, my mom was uh, the youngest of nine children raised by a single mom who never ever remarried. And oh, with boy. with your emphasis on music and inspiring Kevin to join you in that high school assembly, what came to mind is that knowledge is power, but knowledge has no heart. We don't learn critical thinking skills through math and science. We learn them through the arts, through the passion and creativity and imagination, which means reason leads to conclusions, but it is emotion that leads to action. And so when I meet someone like you with a musical background, musical influence from your mother and your siblings, and inspiring someone like Kevin to dig deeper and find more talent inside than he thought he had just as a simple athlete. I want you to talk a little bit about how, who inspired you to prepare yourself from that passionate, creative, and imaginative perspective, focusing in on the arts instead of all the technical left brain, cognitive, psychobabbling, neurotechnical stuff that seems to be still being force fed our children through our educa- educational systems today? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I, you know, I, I think about, um, about the direction that we've seen and, you know, I work in right now, I work in the training industry and um, I look at the, the changes that people are trying to 
engender with their employees or with other organizations or groups. And you're right. They, the focus is primarily, it seems like, shifted to skill, mostly skill building or skill changing. And yet there is that core. There's that part of all of us inside. And I think about the people that have inspired me in my life. I talked about my mom, and she's always been kind of a hero or a heroine to me. But, but uh, for me, you know, I look at people who rise above challenges, who rise and, and thrive even in adversity, and who make changes in their lives because they see that, that core, uh, that, I don't know if it's inspiration, I don't know, I'm not sure where it comes from for everybody, but for me, when I can see people who can do that, when they can rise above the challenges of their lives, and they can connect to that, I, I would say most of the inspirational experiences in my life have come from a connection to music. There are times when I'm going through something, I'll sit down and write a song about it. And it helps me not only process what I'm going through, but really express something that I think can be kind of universal and common. It's, it's something that people can hear and go, oh, you know, maybe I don't have exactly that experience, but, but I hear something there. And there's something that's, that matters to me, something I can, can link to and connect to and be, and be edified by. And that, that, to me, is probably the best blessing that music's brought to my life. You know, I, I see... I've had great leaders, I've had great friends and great mentors and a lot of different people who contributed in terms of seeing that, that passion and that desire to rise above and be excellent in what we do. But for me, that has always been one of the common threads is, uh, is that music gives me a way and a chance to really express that in myself. So between the two of you is this duo Afterglow. You've been very, very successful for decades as as songwriters and as performers, as recording artists. So let's just talk about preparation, the pa passion and preparation and tie them together with the question about how do you decide what you're going to write a song about and guide us through, for those of us who are not songwriters specifically, I want you to help us understand that creative process because in my mind, if we can all think like hit songwriters, Every song ever written was written with the same 12 notes. The only difference between one song and another is the order in which those 12 notes fall and the timing and spacing in between the notes. So obviously the difference between a hit songwriter and a lousy songwriter is passion, creativity, and imagination. Teach us as listeners, please, the process of getting together and saying, okay, we see this message that needs to be addressed. We see this need in our families, in our, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our world. And by putting it to melody, you elevate yourself from just an ordinary speaker or trainer to a power player who stimulates and stirs emotion so we remember the message. And I'd be remiss if I didn't allow the listeners to, to dive a little deeper into your brains and how you connect your head with your heart and, and, and craft a song with a hook that people remember that truly does heal the world. Teach us. Well, for me, Kevin, you got to remember, I didn't have a whole lot of musical uh, piano skill sets. I, I did that a little bit when I was uh, a couple of years from an aunt who taught me how to read. But in regards to chord structure, for me, it really wasn't taught to me until Joel sat me down and, and was very kind to show me the chord structure side of things to where you can take those 88 keys and you can modify those same chords in three different variations. And then from there, you can start to find your melody tunes. And, 
in many instances, depending on whether it's secular music or whether it's country or whether it's love songs, soft ballads, whatever it is, or whether it's contemporary Christian or sacred in nature, it, it really is, for me, was at the moment, where were we in our lives, for me, and what was the thought pattern to be able to lay uh, some lyrics on top of those chord structures. And so I always had to sit down once Joel was able to teach me the chord patterns and and then find the chord patterns and then weave the melodies and the lyrics over the top of the chord patterns. And so that was just reflective of the day based upon experiences of marriage, of children, of uh, life's energy and those type of emotions. And so in, in watching how we were able to go through the uh, the the uh, opportunities for consecutive albums coming up in many of our genres, which were contemporary Christian to begin with, morphed over to love songs, morphed over into country and sacred hymns and uh, and London National Philharmonic Orchestral with Christmas product and other products like that. When we would go in to write original stuff, for me it was immediately... I got to get this done, <laughs> and and so I'd look to a higher power to to be able to say, look, I got a deadline, and help me with these lyrics, and and then I'll put them into the chord structure. And I think Joel might address that his way is a little bit different, but fortunate enough to be able to see that there was a few songs along the way in those forty years that came actually from those chord structures and from hopefully divine revelation or life experiences at that particular moment. I love that. Joel, let me amend the question for your, your response then. What Kevin just brought yeah. up is that you are the message. You can't possibly write a song unless you're living the message, unless you are in tune with what you're trying to say to the world. So to the, tie that into the two of the, the, of the three Ps, passion and preparation, teach us all about the significance of being the same off stage as we are on stage and therefore, when you're looking for that intuition, that divine uh, connection to to write a song, a gift from the heavens, if you will, that you need to put out to help heal the world, teach us about the significance of, of, of preparing yourself and always living by that higher way that makes you a power player off the stage as well as on the stage and how that translates into writing these amazing songs that you're famous for for 40 years. Yeah, let me let me maybe uh, maybe a couple of caveats first. Kevin's being very generous when he tells uh, when he says that I I got in music because I what I know about music theory you can fit on the head of a pin. But but I was fortunate to have good people in my life, my dad and my um, and my older brother who both taught me a little bit about chord piano and and how to get started in a simple way, and that has helped me because honestly I was I wasn't. I was too lazy probably to really, really be disciplined and become a great musician, but I did get a chance to find a, a simple way to express what was in my heart. And, and that, that enabled me, I think, in a couple of, uh, couple of experiences in particular, uh, to see the power of what you've been talking about, Dan, this idea of, of a, you know, the core of ourselves and being consistent internally with the things we say and do. I can't claim that I've always done that hundred percent. You know, there are certainly times and situations where I feel like I've been false to myself, but this is, this is an interesting experience. I'll share with you just briefly uh, that happened to me uh, several years ago, many years ago now. 
Um, and it and it's uh, it was kind of an odd one. It just came up as you guys were talking. I hadn't thought about it in years. So I used to work for Franklin Covey. I was uh, I did training and, and design and development and that sort of thing for them. Great people there and great experiences, uh, great mentors that I ran into there as well. And we had uh, an account at the time. We had a relationship with the Avon Corporation. And growing up as a kid, that always meant Avon ladies to me. You know, they would show up at the house and they would show my mom the, the uh, catalogs and she would buy what she wanted to buy. I know they have uh, representatives of both genders at Avon now, and, uh, and that's a good thing. But at the time, it always meant Avon ladies. And so I was approached as the Avon Corporation was getting ready for their annual convention. And they said, we've got this new planning tool that we've created for them. We're going to introduce it. Uh, we're going to do this convention in Las Vegas. We've got 15,000 people, 15,000 Avon ladies coming to this convention. And we want you to write a song about this new planning tool. And I was dumbstruck. I was like, hey, a song about a planner? How do you do that? You know, and I, I, I started doing a little research and I started looking into the way that they had customized and and created this tool. And it was all about what those people are about. It was all about customer service and it was all about, uh, you know, really making connections with your customers, an emotional connection, a relationship. And uh, they called this planner success or this program actually success by design, which I loved. I thought that was how awesome is that? We're going to get, we're going to get success in our lives and we're going to do it with a plan. We're going to be clear about what we're trying to achieve. So I sat down one day and I wrote this song. Uh, success by design and it was it wasn't really about the tool it was all about the life the lifestyle and the focus and the commitment and um, and then I had this big thrill uh, we were down at the MGM Grand Garden and in the morning before the convention the, the first day uh, they had all these Avon ladies behind the ropes waiting like waiting like a, a thundering herd to get in they wanted to see all the stuff that was available to them and they're uh, waiting behind the ropes, and they had me walk out there with the wireless mic, and we turned that song on, and I taught that song to 15,000 Avon representatives. And then they sang it back to me. Hmm. And it was like, like uh, you know, your, the, the hair on your arm stands up. It was kind of one of those thrilling moments. And, you know, in the scheme of things, that, it, that probably didn't matter too much. It mattered to them. You could tell it mattered to them from the way that they learned and sang that song. But I, I, it was another testament to me, really, about the power of, of what we can do when we have a focus. And my, my, my uh, device for that is music, but people can use yeah. a lot of different devices to get there. So obviously, it, it was so obviously you've remained power players as musicians, songwriters, entertainers, as well as trainers and uh, real estate investors when it comes to Kevin's side of the side of the profession so let's just cut to cut to the final that the p the pursuit what has allowed you to continue this relentless pursuit of your passion to make a difference because what you just said really touched my heart joel and i know all the listeners will agree that there may be fifteen thousand mostly women in this convention center and you were on stage and you were able to connect with them but remember, each one of them left the convention center, and if they only touched and influenced in a positive, passionate way one other person, and then that one other person influenced someone, that's why you and Kevin as Afterglow have remained for four decades power players. So the question to each of you as we uh, wind down our time together, Kevin first uh, taking a leaf out of Professor Randy Pausch. He's the one that coined the speech title, Last Lecture. 
So let me ask each of you individually, if you had one day to live with all of these experiences, with all of these hit songs, if you had one day to live, what is your one consolidated message to the world? And because of who you are with this new album that you just released, what's the name of your album? It's called Walk With Me. Okay, Walk With Me. I want you to answer that question. If you had one day to live, what would your one consolidated message be to the world? And each of you select your one favorite song from this new album release that helps you quantify what this message is into the world. Well, I, Webster defined the word afterglow as a glow remaining in a world where light has disappeared, a reflection of past emotion. And I think at the end of the day, as I have sat down with uh, those that are that that I love and that hopefully love me, <laughs> that we simply reflect on one day at a time and what we've accomplished in that particular day. And if that day has brought us reflection and and warm feelings and kindness and a, a desire to do better tomorrow than we did the day before, I think that's where uh, my approach is really resounding. And it's been fortunate enough that I think Joel and I, over the years, all these years, we, we both respect each other. And in, in, in essence, maybe we haven't taken this whole thing too serious. <laughs> maybe we've just let it flow and, uh, and, and let it do and navigate according to how we feel and what happens regarding the next day. Um, and uh, I've really appreciated the opportunity to be able to, to express that through whatever I can contribute to the music side. And in many instances, this has been a release for me. It's, it's you know, we, we release to go to play, do exercises or play extracurricular activities or do something. But music in this format with, with being able to do this with Joel has been really an outlet to be able to keep me focused on what is the greater goal. And, and that is to really be able to just help people the best we can one day at a time every day and reflect on how we can become better and show kindness wherever we go and create good feelings along the way. I love it. And so as this superstar baseball pitcher, you blew out your arm. You had major surgery. It ended your career. And in the big scheme of things, because of your preparation, based on your passion to make a difference, maybe that wasn't your ultimate purpose on this life, my dear friend. And look at the difference you've made because you persevered and pursued your passion through the pain and through the, the difficult times. And look at how many lives I, you've touched because of that. Well, and I appreciate that, Dan. That's very kind of you to say that. But one of the songs on this particular album is called Somebody Knows, uh, which is really an outtake of service in a children's hospital. Mm -hmm. and, and so that opportunity to be able to, you know, to strum that a little bit and to be able to sing that and write that in that facility uh, in that children's hospital is one that uh, not only does heaven know, but also there are so many people who want to engage in whatever we are doing. There are so many good people in the world. There's so much kindness, and there's so many people who want to serve and to serve others. And so um, that's one of the contributions I was able to make on this particular album. 
which answers the, the question. That's, that's your one consolidated message to the world, serve and love and, and give. And you're able to quantify that in a song. I challenge everyone to, to go to your website. What's your website? Afterglowmusic.com. Okay, afterglowmusic.com. And uh, I know I'm a fan. Okay, Joel, you're not off the hot seat. What's your one quantifiable message and perhaps a song from this last album that you just released? Yeah, this one's this one's pretty easy for me, Dan. I uh, I wrote this the title cut uh, for this uh, album called Walk With Me uh, after the loss of, uh, of my cousin and very dear friend, Darren Walker. And he was uh, an example of a person who lived with purpose and passion and and who who always really, really tried to make life better for the people around him, not just family, but he, he extended a tremendous outreach in his community. He was a business owner, did a lot of other things, but when he passed, there were over 5,000 people that showed up for his funeral. And I, I thought, thought a lot since then about what kind of an impact and a legacy he left. And when we, when we think of the message of that song, Walk With Me, some people might attach a, uh, a higher power to that. Some people might think of their family. Some people might think of friends. But whoever it is you're thinking of, whoever you rely on, that concept of being able to walk together toward a common goal and to share the strength that each other has and and to have those moments when you're you're a little weak or a little low and somebody else steps in and buoys you up. And then the times when maybe you can be in that role to help somebody else along the way when they're struggling or having difficulty. So that that is the message for me, I think, that uh, that focus on let's let's not get so caught up in our own stuff that we fail to notice opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others around us. Wow, what a podcast. Thanks for joining me. It's Joel McCausland and Kevin Pay the recording artist musical duo known as Afterglow. And you can find them on iTunes and wherever great songs are sold. In conclusion, I love my tagline. Remember when you finally decide to be a power player, your power play begins in you. So until next time, quantify your takeaway and go make a power play. Have a great day, brothers. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.